This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 102 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss the state of thoroughbreds and the need to bring them back into the sport horse industry. In Tigopedia, we answer the question about the difference between flax and chia. Critter Nutrition focuses on circulation for horses in winter. And in Coffee Clatch, it's a big guess. Patty Perucci. <laughs> I'm Tigger Montague. <laughs> and that's Jennifer laughing. <laughs> and welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. It's top secret because I'm in charge of, of Coffee Clatch this episode, and I refused to tell Patty and Tigger just Which to is just them. so mean-spirited because, you know, we're... Believable. Yeah. All right. I just, I kind of can't wait. I kind of can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of can't wait either. So, so I have an announcement. Oh, I can't wait. Which, okay. Uh, okay. So um, I, in 2020, in o- October 2020, I am going to fulfill an item on my bucket list. I know what this is. Okay, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. And I'm going to photograph the polar bear migration in the Arctic. Is that not the coolest thing oh ever? My God. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? <laughs> yeah, that's Alaska pretty wasn't amazing. Cold enough, you're going to the Arctic. No, oh, I yeah, think it's going to be yeah. really cold. <laughs> yeah, that's that part. I can't even. Yeah, that just sounds amazing. amazing. And one of the days in the Arctic is um, by dog sled. Oh, <laughs> you, you've got to at least do a couple videos of that. Uh, that would be amazing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we need to talk about all the important preparations on your way to getting mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This is so exciting. Now, are you going to be getting a fancy new camera and or lens for this big trip? Or are you going to depend on current equipment? I'm, I'm, I'm going to both. I'm going to depend on current equipment. And I think I'm going to buy a mirrorless camera. And what does that, that mean? That means that there's no prism in it. So the images are come out really even more clear and faster. So, you know, all the big, you know, Fuji, Canon, Sony, Nikon, they've all come out with mirrorless cameras. I'm a Canon user, so I'm going to go, since I know that system, I'm going to go with a Canon mirrorless. So that'll be great because I need, you, you really need two different lenses for the for the Arctic, you need the long distance one, which I have 100 to 400 meters, but it weighs 10 pounds. Oh, I mean, it's a really heavy camera and lens. The mirrorless cameras are really light because they don't have that glass. The lens is shooting through in the camera. So, and the recommendations from the you know photographers who take a lot of polar bears are you need a, another lens that's more like a 50 to 200. So you need a shorter range lens so that if the bear is close, when you have 100 to 
400 meter lens, it's really long, so you have to get back really far. So I need a closer range lens because you go out in these vehicles that are kind of like snow cats that you see mm-hmm. in the mountains, mm. but they're high and they have a platform. So when it stops around the bears or near the bears, you can walk out on the platform. Of course, I know it's going to be like, you know, minus 50 or something. Minus 50. Um, Is that even a thing? Like, no, I, I, oh I think gosh. it's a little early in the season for it to be that cold, but it's going to be oh, cold. But you can be out on the platform photographing the bears. And inside the vehicle, is, it's heated. Okay. And the windows go down. So if you're moving and you see a bear, you can just put your lens out the window and and shoot so i have an important question yes you're in the heated super duper arctic cat machine cruising along and you go there's some bears over there let's stop and i know when you go from warm to cold wearing a pair of glasses everything fogs up yeah the good news is yeah i've never had a problem with the camera freezing up but you know we're going in their fall so you know the leaves will have already turned the ground will probably be frozen there'll probably be snow it will probably be snowing because the bears are 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 migrating now as the ice forms so they can go out on the ice and kill the seals and that's why there's so many of them that time of year but, but i've never heard anybody lenses don't have a fog no. problem interesting Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Huh. Mm-hmm. very interesting. interesting there we go well that's I just mean, too exciting that is so exciting so you want to hear the funny part about it oh, so yeah. my parents my parents did this trip 25 years ago, and ever since they did the trip, I've wanted to do the trip. So I called, I got this flyer, and I thought, okay, this is the year. This is the year I do it. So I called my mother. She's 89. I said, Mom, do you remember what outfitter you went? She goes, oh, no, I don't remember. It was too long ago. I get, okay, I understand. So I, this was the World Wildlife Federation. So I called the outfitter from the flyer and talking to them. I said, what's your name? And I gave them my name and they said, Oh, you've done this before. I went, oh my gosh. That's Are my you serious? Yeah. That's pretty, that's we pretty amazing. Same name. So I felt it was kind of destiny. That's, oh, that's so cool. So that's my big news. And your big news, Patty, is that you're still <laughs> on stall rest. Yes. And I will tell I will have, I, I will tell you, you know, I, I've Googled, I have Googled many things and about my foot, and I have a, a spiral fracture of the fifth metatarsal, which is also known as the Jones fracture. And the one thing that is very interesting, um, I have a lot of vets in my life, and I am going to a foot doctor who specializes in, you know, stupid foot things. <laughs> But I keep relying on my vets, which I think is very interesting. So I go into my vet and I have him like x-ray my foot. And he's like, now listen, you know, this is what's happening here. And this is what I would do. And, you know, and and because he knows how horse people are, and that's the problem with vets, with regular doctors, they don't understand, you know, that riding is a non-weight bearing. You can make it non-weight bearing, obviously getting on and off can be an issue. So it's been, it's been very frustrating for me because I'm sitting with a foot that isn't swollen and doesn't hurt, but yet I know I can't put weight on it. So I have done a lot of research about, you know, what, what to do and what not to do. And the biggest thing is, is that, you know, I can't walk on it. And it's been so challenging because you, you know, we were talking about this earlier about, you know, when horses go on stall rest, you know, what do you do? Right. You know, and it's just like, you you know, do you hand walk them? Do you do whatever? But I went to a horse show this past weekend and 
I think the biggest thing that's been so fascinating to me is I now all of every horse that I have in the barn is not afraid of crutches. I can lead them down the aisle way. <laughs> I have a three-year-old that's just, he was so sweet this morning. I, I, he was just kind of nudging me along like really sweetly and not afraid. It, and so it, it, so there's been a lot of good things to this is that I feel like it's been exposing the horses to things that they don't normally see. Because when I went to the horse show, I realized very quickly that I was scaring the crap out of half the horses that were there. You know, because I'm walking on crutches and I've got the stupid boot. So, so that's been a positive, like that's been a positive thing. Continue to, I mean, when you're used to riding, you know, eight or nine horses a day and teaching several lessons, it's really hard to all of a sudden go, oh, and by the way, nothing hurts, but just sit there and don't do this anymore. So that's been a little bit challenging for me. So being able to walk around in the crutches has been great for me. I did not get the little scooter thing. I'm sure you guys have seen people with the, yeah. their knee bent because I've heard about three stories of people trying to do that on uneven ground and going ass over teacups. So I didn't do that. And I figured I was, I wanted to be more physical by using the crutches. So incidentally, I can lead a horse and not have anyone be afraid. I'm also really fast. <laughs> I'm really fast with my crutches now. Like I can, I can get somewhere really fast. So that's good. But I am hoping on next um, Monday to get the report from my regular doctor that I can start riding. But I realize that I probably can ride, but I won't be able to actually put weight on my foot for probably two more weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's really hard to hurry up and wait. Very yes, hard. Yes, it is. But I also feel very lucky because it's also made me very aware of the things that I seriously take for granted, like getting up and, you know, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night or getting up and getting coffee in the morning. And I mean, you know, you get on, I can't put weight on my foot. So it's, it's amazing the things that you just take for granted. Like, you know, before it was such a pain to have to go do laundry or clean or, or, or just even my gosh, even just pick a horse's foot feet out. Like anything, like I can't even tell you the things that I've been aware of that, if, you know, that I feel like I can't do. And so now I can't wait for, so I'm just hoping that I don't forget what this part feels like (laughs) because what, you know, in going forward, I don't want to complain about being able to walk straight or go do laundry or, you know, pick something up or pick a horse's foot or, you know, lead them again because it's been so, such a tiny thing has been such a sideline and that's hard. That's really hard, but you know, the body is meant to heal. So I've been trying to take good care of myself and hopefully by next week I'll be riding. That's Yay. Nice. Yay. Yippee so, skippy. Yippee skippy. So I think we have a great show. We do. And it's going to begin with the thoroughbred. Yay. Uh, because I had a very interesting talk with a well-known thoroughbred breeder. Mm-hmm. recently and thoroughbred for racing uh-huh for racing for steeplechase and they've had some breeders cup winners been doing it for you know 50 years and she was lamenting the fate of the thoroughbreds that either don't make it as racehorses and there's no market for them afterwards because the eventers can't use them because the event courses are more like slalom courses now. Mm. There's less of the big, wide galloping that really suited a thoroughbred because there's less land. There's less place to hold 
big galloping events. They're no longer used in jumpers because, again, it's very tight, twisty courses. They're not used for hunters because they the space. They're not stylish. (laughs) Well, yes, they are because they used to be. But but they don't have have the same way of going as a warm blood does. No, they don't. And that's why the distances are set up for warm bloods and hunters. And they're not used for dressage. Keen being, you know, the prime example of a wonderful mm-hmm. burp because they don't move like a warm blood. And, you know, here is this this breeder who has been producing really good thoroughbreds. And she said it, she, they don't know what to do because there's so many thoroughbreds that come off the track that, you know, are sound. They, they just didn't run or they weren't good at running. And there's no place for them to go. There's no other mm. uh, spot for them. So I thought this would be a good discussion. You know, how do we bring the the wonderful thoroughbred? I mean, I know all three of us grew up riding thoroughbreds. How do we bring that back into the sport market? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I have a new client and she's also a trainer that, and I can't remember the name of the program, but she goes down to Florida and gets um, thoroughbreds that were, you know, off the track for whatever reason, aren't making it. And she brings them back and retrains them and sells them. And she really has, and she's, I don't really feel like she's, I, I don't think she's doing this to make money. I think she's doing it to rehome these animals uh-huh. and she has had great success. So, I mean, I, I've, it's, I've been hearing more and more about like these types of programs you know, and I, I, I can't, it's like off the track thoroughbreds, something, something. Have you, have you heard about this Tigger? It's like, it's it, people, you know, are, are, and they don't buy them for much money, which it's a shame because you think about the money that goes into these, you know, into these animals to get them to a point where they, they don't show, don't end up competing, but, but they're, they're taking them and retraining them for just nice, whether it's dressage or what, and, and more, more, you know, low level of all of that. But she said she's never gotten one that has been anything but very easy to train. I love thoroughbreds. I love thoroughbreds too. And Jennifer, you love thoroughbreds. I do. They're my favorite flavor, of course. I I think the elephant in the room is this. All of the disciplines you mention, the reason thoroughbreds aren't doing it is the sport at its highest level has been specifically and intentionally morphed to suit a warm blood end of story that's all yep. it is that's yep. in my opinion the elephant in the room is the sport prefers a warm blood at the highest levels end of story because there's it's a in the eventing community it's much less expensive to put on a short format yeah event mm-hmm. yeah I'm sorry, Europe really is the powerhouse of the eventing discipline worldwide, right? They prefer... And it's the powerhouse of the warm blood. And and the powerhouse yeah. of the war one. Is that coincidental? I think not. So and so I we can't very well turn back the clock and make the eventing discipline more thoroughbred friendly. You, you can't turn the, bl- the clocks back. But that doesn't mean we can't... Because the, the thoroughbred industry, unfortunately, kind of put on the blinders for a generation or more. They did. They and did. ignored the fact that the sports that thoroughbreds excelled at once they were off the track or instead of going to the track were yep. morphing. 
they didn't notice that until it nope. was way too late. Yeah. Mm. So now they've got a little headache on their hand. And there are, there are factions making efforts to get rated shows to offer thoroughbred-only classes. Classes, which would be great. Oh, interesting. That would be great. There's, there's been pushback. I will say that up front, but there are already, there's a, it's called the, I want to say it's the thoroughbred incentive program. Mm -hmm. And that already is a venue for a horse show of any description to offer thoroughbred only classes. So that's a start. I think the thoroughbred makeover project has gone a long way to help re-educate the American public. Yeah, that's, that's. That's what this gal is involved in, the makeover project. Yeah. The re- it's called the Retired Racehorse Project. Is That's it. it. That's, yeah. that's, that's the overall organization. The makeover is their annual competition. And that has right. actually done a lot. And the luckily for the gentleman who got it all started, he, he really reached out to the thoroughbred racing industry mm-hmm. and let them know, Right then, there. This was not supposed to be a confrontational process. This is supposed to be get everybody on the same page, celebrate the breed, just like Hanoverian breeders celebrate the Hanoverian. Yep. Saddlebred yep. breeders celebrate yep. the the saddlebred mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. of its forms. As a matter of fact, the Eclipse Awards this year. Yes. Did you hear about their um, what do they call it? Never eclipsed social media campaign, what the people are doing is they're submitting pictures and stories of their off-track thoroughbreds, and they're going to honor them as part of the Eclipse Awards. And if you're not a thoroughbred person, the Eclipse Awards are the Oscars of thoroughbred awards. It's a big, big, big deal. So the industry, the thoroughbred racing part of the industry is finally going, hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's a start, but I honestly... One of the best things I think is happening because the English disciplines that were traditionally thoroughbred have morphed so that at the highest levels don't suit most thoroughbreds as well as it used to. We are seeing the thoroughbred being used and very successfully being used in a much, much wider range of disciplines than we did 20 years ago, which I think is awesome. Um, we're seeing them really making a resurgence in the Western sport performance classes with, with working with cattle, seeing a lot of them doing very well there, which makes sense because, hello, quarter horses started out as thoroughbreds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing more and more competitive trail riders riding thoroughbreds. They excel at competitive trail. They never get tired. Yep. <laughs> they excel at endurance. Again, they never get tired. Yep. So I think in a large part because of the Retired Racehorse Project, because they offer classes at their big annual show across all disciplines, has really done a lot for that. So letting people go, you know, if you don't ride hunters and you ride competitive trail or you ride endurance or you play – Arena Polo. Look for a thoroughbred. Mm. Yeah, that's my yeah, opinion. For you sure. asked, sorry. And, and let's <laughs> keep the let's keep the thoroughbred in the sport horse realm because yeah. they they are the most. In, they're the Australian Shepherd of horses. They are so intelligent mm-hmm. and so smart and so sensitive. I mean, there's nothing like a thoroughbred. Just there just isn't. I so can, I cannot disagree. 
Let's keep the thoroughbred in our sports. Yay! For everybody. And if you agree, I want you to send Tigger a postcard. A postcard. postcard. Somebody just send her a postcard. <laughs> just one. One yeah. per I'm gonna do it. Yeah. All you need to do is go to Biostar US online and the address is right there because I know right now you listening to this show are either cleaning a stall, riding a horse, or driving a vehicle, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. you can't write it right now, and you're going to forget the address when we say it. So go to Biostar US online. You can remember that, Biostar US. Get the address. Dot com. com. And get the address and send Tigger a postcard. A postcard. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hetty. Hetty. Uh, hello. Tigger and Patty and Jennifer. Hello. How's it rolling? Everything going well with you? Oh, everything's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't How? believe you even for a second. That was completely unconvincing. Yeah, well, yeah. But that, but that, every, you know, this is the time of year when all the excitement of, Christmas and the new year is kind of dwindled down. And so, Hetty, I have a question for you. Ready? I was going to ask you what it was like to kind of deal with the holiday blues after, you know, the holidays and, you know, Christmas. And, you know, of course, you guys traveling down to Wellington. But I, I, want, to, I want you to think about that, but I want to add a little piece to it. What's it like to feel that way and be dealing with a new puppy? <laughs> oh, how clever of you to ask. So just this morning, I was thinking about eugenics, you know, the way one does. And uh-huh. the possibility of, in combination with Plato's Republic, how each creature and being has its place in the perfect state. Uh-huh. And I guarantee that each location in the state will be filled because for example, if your father is a shoemaker in the Republic, you will be a shoemaker. So essentially, eugenics plays into this by allowing us to breed what we need, you know? Uh-huh. So I was thinking about the servant thumbs, which make her perfectly suited to servantdom. The servantdom? I have perfect and are adorable and extremely intelligent and very good managers and this makes us rulers and so (laughs) then I was thinking about other creatures in the house and as you know Sabi is our knight or in the Greek version he would be a defender of the kingdom Mm -hmm. and our brother is a goblin I don't know where goblins fit in exactly but they're sort of like clowns comic relief you know the thing you might import them to demonstrate the re- the breadth of your empire whatever and then of course I was down to the puppies and what does one say about the, the purpose of that creature mm-hmm. and entertainment no Mm-hmm. Utility zero. Mm-hmm. So I can only assume that he's an error and should be eliminated. Because, an error. you know, an error, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes things happen. If you look, even the best families have mistakes. And uh-huh. so I think, you know, that's pretty much where I would go with that. And mm-hmm. so if you wanted to know how to alleviate my 
on we, and in general, my sense that the world is not going that well just now, eliminate the puppy. So how do you feel that you're going to address this with, say, Ticker? Well, one day Tigger will leave and the puppy will go missing and she will be sad, but she'll move on. You think so? <laughs> I would hope so. Do you feel like Tigger. you know Tigger well? <laughs> you know, sometimes puppies get out. Sometimes puppies get out. Okay. All right. Well, I do you like water, Eddie? <laughs> Tigger. is that the puppy... We'll have found a better home. So that's what you're going to tell her? That the puppy found a home on a farm? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think that this was very informative, and I have advice for both of you. Hetty, don't go near the pool, and Tigger, don't leave the the puppy alone with Hetty. That's my advice. Do you know that the puppy bit off part of my tail? He bit off part of your tail. I did not yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So while you're listening to Tigger's lies about how he's a good puppy, mm-hmm. I would like you to keep in mind that I am missing Bronze because of him. <laughs> Duly noted. And it's I and I think that Duly good. noted. Mm-hmm. Not good. <laughs> not good. Not okay. Well good. Demonic entity evil creature well i again i'm going to stand by my advice to both of you and hetty thank you so much for your articulate articulate and very informative version of where things are right now and i think you need to give her some cheese So we are at the Tigapedia portion of our show with the one and only Tigapedia, Miss Tig. So, okay, we've definitely before talked about flax and we've talked about chia, but we've never done flax versus chia. And is there a, a point? So I've got two questions. One, flax, flax versus chia. Do you use them together and why would you? But also, do you ever use them for dogs? Okay, so what the the question is? Would you ever use them together? Yes, yeah, so like so, like what the benefits of flax versus chia, and would you ever use them together? And like, which when do you use? Those are three questions. Okay, so yes, I want all three answered, please. And I'll give you cheese. I'll give you cheese when you're done. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Flax and chia are very similar. Chia has a little bit more fiber than flax. Flax has slightly more omega-3s. They both have about the same amount of omega-6s. In terms of ratio, omega-3 to omega-6, they're basically identical. So if you're looking for a high omega-3 food, both flax and chia fit the bill. One of the downsides of flax is that... It go, it's a seed that can go rancid very easily in the hot weather. Mm-hmm. And that's why most companies provide it as stabilized. So it's already mm-hmm. ground and stabilized so it doesn't go rancid. Chia doesn't have that rancidity problem. Chia, when you moisten it, 
it expands 10 times its size. It soaks up that much moisture. And that mucilage that it provides works like psyllium in the gut. Okay. So it's really good to clear sand and debris. As I say, so it's like, like nature's broom. Yes. Okay. Now, flax will do that, but you have to you have to use the whole seed. You need to cook it boil, or boil it or soak it. Okay. So chia is just a lot easier to deal with. And you can use less of chia, correct, than flax? Like Not in, in volume. No, it's about the same. Okay. You can use them together. I'm not sure why you would, but All right. I mean, you can. There's no problem. But there would no be there would not be any real benefit to doing that. Unless you needed to feed a lot of omega-3 and, you know, flax is definitely less expensive than chia. Okay. So if if you needed to feed a lot of a lot of omega-3s and you just wanted to give it your horse two different sources. Yes, you can give chia and flax to dogs. I like to rotate um, um, my fat sources, so I do a salmon oil, and, and I'll do a flax oil or a salmon oil and chia seeds, so I, I rotate it. Why, why do you rotate it? Well, because plant-sourced omega-3s don't have DHA, which is what fish oil has. Okay. And DHA is, is important in that the the mammal body, particularly canines, can absorb it really quickly and well when mm-hmm. it's from marine sourced. But I always think of, you know, the wild dogs aren't always dining on salmon. Right. You know, sometimes they're dining on, you know, grass. So that's why I do I do a rotation. Just so long as they get their omega threes. Right. Okay. Well, okay. That was that was good information. And so, but in the end, um, cost with flax versus I mean, it sounds like chia is just a little bit easier to feed because it doesn't go rancid, especially in the in the summer, um, right? And, and it expands so much bigger, and it's got a higher fiber content. Okay, but but here's the thing: both flax and chia, if they're not moistened, I'm not talking about stabilized flax, which is a powder. Right. We're talking about the whole flax seed versus the whole chia seed. You really need to add water. The water on the flax, the flax seed is a tough little seed. Mm-hmm. So you need the water to kind of moisten it. Otherwise, the horse is pulling moisture from the GI tract. I don't think that's a great idea, especially when you want to keep a horse hydrated. Okay. So whenever you feed omega-3s in their whole seed form, you mm-hmm. need to add water. Okay. Okay. Well, that was very good information. Thank you, hey, Tigger. Thank you. And, and here's your cheese. Thank you. <laughs> so now we're at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to talk about circulatory support in the wintertime. Cold weather brings out the youthful bucking and romping of horses, but for some horses, winter cold can bring on increased stiffness and a reluctance to move forward. Horses need movement. Their biology is to move and to eat. 
Horses maintained in a herd or turned out 24-7 get basic circulatory support by simply walking and eating. Yet horses who spend eight hours a day or more in a stall may need additional circulatory support to help reduce stiffness in their joints and their body. The role of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is an important signaling molecule. It widens blood vessels, which improves circulatory flow to tissues, joints, organs, and muscles. Increased circulation improves blood throw throughout the body and plays a key role in tissue healing and repair. Improved circulation helps horses move more comfortably even in cold weather. One of the key nutrients for nitric oxide production is the amino acid L-arginine. The body converts L-arginine into nitric oxide. In nature, foods that contain L-arginine also contain the essential amino acid L-lysine. Those two amino acids are always together. Some foods are high in arginine and low in lysine, and others are high in lysine and low in arginine, but always arginine and lysine are together. Supplements for circulatory support that just provide L-arginine may not be as effective as supplements containing both arginine and lysine. To help support good circulation in winter, here are foods that are high in arginine, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, whole oranges, nutritional yeast, spirulina, and oats. In Ayurvedic medicine, the plant Indian gooseberry, also known as amla or amalaki, has been found to support nitric oxide production. A patented extract of amalaki called capros increases nitric oxide by 50.7% in a recently published study in 2019. In traditional Chinese medicine, Jiao Gulong, which is known as the poor man's ginseng in China, helps stimulate the production of nitric oxide. Other circulatory supporting foods. These foods and plants don't increase nitric oxide directly, but do assist in vasodilation, helping to widen and relax the smooth muscle cells within the blood vessel walls. That would be turmeric, ginger, black pepper, and hawthornberry. Biostar's Circuvate provides many of the nitric oxide-enhancing foods, including organic pumpkin seeds, organic sesame seeds, yeast flakes, organic oranges, plus capros and the vasodilator organic ginger. Circuvate can help horses move less stiffly in the winter, support joint flexibility and tissue repair. Increased circulation will help move blood from the heart to the feet and back to the heart. Circuvate helps your horse stay warmer in the cold weather and helps your horse feel better all winter long. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. 
Whole Food Nutrition, the way nature intended. Now we are at Coffee Clatch, and I get to do Coffee Clatch today. <laughs> <laughs> the evil laugh. Notice she's the only one laughing. She's the, I, I'm yeah, just sitting here. I'm biting my nails. I know. I'm not moving. I'm just not moving. Well, regular, yes. lis- regular listeners to the Healthy Critters podcast know that Tigger makes an annual pilgrimage to Wellington. Uh-huh. And if you're not familiar, Wellington is a high-stress environment uh, really yes. just a bit and tigger is there now and patty will be heading down shortly mm-hmm. to the high stress environment and it's a pretty big deal because if you ride hunters or jumpers or dressage horses that is the place to go for winter to make yourself known to gain points to um to meet your friends and neighbors to do business it's it's the thing to do if you're to gonna- sell horses to buy horses to yep. It's all happening. To compete, watch to train. great clinics. Yeah. It's all happening right there. Yeah. A lot of people go down for their businesses like Tigger does. A lot of people go down to compete horses mm-hmm. like Patty does. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask each of you, what is your favorite tool, product, or process <laughs> that keeps you organized and sane while at Wellington? Tigger, you get to go first. Hmm. organized well as far as organization goes i do have a car organization thing i bought from amazon that you it's in the front seat passenger seat and it hooks over the back of the the seat and it's kind of like having your handy it has all my pens and notebooks and legal pad and is everything that sort of I need. If I'm making a call and I need something, it has brochures. It has so that's been a godsend to have that. And the other thing is something really stupid and simple. But I have a notebook. Um, it's it's not big, but um, I make notes every. It's my schedule. It's orders. It's who I have to call, it's who I have to call back. It's all in this book and it's directions. <laughs> it's it's everything. <laughs> it's, my, it's my Bible. Yeah. So that's how I keep organized. And as for dealing with stress, since I don't drink alcohol, what I do is this, the house that I rent has the most amazing bathtub. <laughs> and huh. and it, it, it has a jacuzzi as part of the bathtub. Oh, and... Cool. I, you know, use mineral salts with essential oils and I get in there and turn the jets on and, you know, forget about the day. And then when I get out and dried off, got my, my pajamas on, on any area that's, you know, kind of creaky, like my famous creaky knee, um, I use this fantastic CBD from a company called Vertly, V-E-R-T-L-Y, because they use Arnica and the CBD together and make myself a little, um, you know, a little turmeric tea with Tulsi, have a little tea, put on my CBD lotion. I'm good to go. (laughs) go. Wow. 
Great tips. I like it. How about you, Patty? Well, you know, what Tigger Tigger does uh, in Florida and what I do are, are... Two very similar things. and yeah, but, but, but still different, but it's funny because I am very much, I, I write stuff down. So when I go, I'm always bringing clients. So I've got, I've got to be able to schedule the lessons, but the big thing for me in going down is that I get to compete and that I get to take lessons. So organizing and writing ahead the week ahead of what's going to happen and when I'm going to have my lessons and truly figuring out the time that it's going to take getting from where I am to where my lesson's going to be as the Wellington traffic increases, which Tigger can tell you about, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to take that into consideration. So putting that pen to paper, big thing for me, just knowing that I, I literally have down to the minute of where I'm going to go and how I'm going to do that. So that's my biggest thing. But, but as far as, you know, the, the whole reason I go down there is for, for educational purposes and also to just to be around other professionals that do the same thing day in and day out that I do and talking to them and meeting up with them and, you know, going out to dinner or going to the clinics, like Tigger was saying, or, you know, meeting at some of the fun places that are in, it's, it's such a huge, very huge, small community. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's big in so many ways because it, it's so worldwide and it, it like, it spans across the States, but you can meet all of these people. It's such a, an interesting business that we're in or that, you know, when you're a trainer, because, you know, I've lived in different places. And so when I go to Florida, all the different places that I've lived, whether it's Virginia or Michigan or New Jersey or Florida or Texas, a lot of times they're all there. And so it becomes this one spot on earth that you can kind of have that camaraderie, which is wonderful. It truly is wonderful. The wonderful thing about Florida is it doesn't last year round because you get to a point and Tigger, I know will be like, amen. You know, you just want to go home. You want to, you want to go home and get to your normal, your normal routine again. So that as soon as you get down there, you have all these great things to look forward to, but it, but, but then you get very excited about the thoughts of, you know, kind of, getting home. And that's part of my stress relief is this is only for a period of time. Yeah. I only only have to do this for a period because you're taking your horses out of their normal routine. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed because, you know, my horses here, you know, when the weather's nice, I I kick their butts out. I keep them out, let them stay out, you know, but when you're in Wellington, you're, you're always on, you're you're renting a place, uh, you know, and you're doing things differently. So you kind of have to adhere to different, you know, different roles and whatnot. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, to me, Wellington is, it's, it's a wonderful place to go for a, for a hardcore for a short period of time. Yeah. Interesting that you both brought up kind of going old school and putting pencil to paper mm-hmm. to help you stay organized. I think that's very interesting. I have to see it. I have to be able to, yeah. I have to be finding it on my phone or forget I, it. Not forget yeah, it. I, yeah. yeah, and I I'm not a big computer user as you both know. I mean, I use my computer twice a month and that's it. I have an iPad that I use and I my my phone, but I like to see it. I liked if I write it down, I remember it better. Me too. Yeah. And I see it and I see it and I can rem- remember it that way. And I I like Tigger what you mentioned with your seat seat organizer. Seat organizer. Mm-hmm. Seat oh organizer. my god, it's because the best. you you found a way the tools you need, the physical tools you need, whether it's a pencil or a brochure or your day planner. Business card. Business card. Whatever. Those physical tools you need are organized and they're literally at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. 
Ex- yep. You don't have to think about where they are. You nope. It's just there. And that is right huge there. for a making you a more efficient business person, but b reducing stress because you don't have to stress about where you're going to find your. Where community. do I have it? Yeah, it's right there. I like it. It's right there. Great mm-hmm. tips, ladies. Good job. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>